You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome in live to Inside Carolina's post-game podcast. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity. different show here we've got a lot of our experts either at the game taylor's at the game or all fam on family trips but nonetheless north carolina defeats florida state gets a big crucial w i'm tommy ashley like i said that's joey powell that is john bowman joey i'll come to you first I, I, you know we're this is the host hosting the host so this is, might be a little awkward at times but i tell you what if, if folks don't believe in this North Carolina basketball team after today, I don't know what, what else to say. What a gritty, tough, mouthy at times win for the Tar Heels down in Tallahassee. First things first, uh, fully recognize my position on the blue team. Uh, happy, ha Just ha happy to get some playing time today, Coach. Uh, I'm glad to, glad to step up, and as Hubert says, whenever my number is called, just going to – go out. He can't tell me when it's going to be called, but when it is called, I'm going to show up and, and do the best I can. Tommy, I, I'll be honest, man, sitting here looking at this, if you would have told me earlier today, and again, I, I thought this was right for North Carolina to drop one, not necessarily because of the team being bad, but just because you're going into a tough place to play. They haven't always had the best success in Tallahassee. And, uh, you know, if you told me earlier today that North Carolina would lose the field goal percentage battle 41 to 44 that they would shoot only uh, they would allow their opponent to shoot 45% from three that North Carolina would have 17 turnovers. Um, I would have, I would have told you that, man, that doesn't look good for, for UNC. And yet here we, here we are still talking about another win. That's 10 in a row. Uh, and again, they held their opponents under 70 points. So, uh, if if you're not if you're not a believer of this squad, like you said, Tommy, that's uh, I don't know what you believe in. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the stats, like you mentioned, Carolina shoots forty one percent. Start out so well, and, and then it sort of dried up. I think Florida State was insistent on not allowing Cadeau and R.J. Davis to get into the lane as much in the second half. Um, so that sort of bogged down the offense a little bit. But I'm gonna start with a guy I've been on all year for this team, and that's Harrison Ingram. The dude had 17 rebounds against that team, against that Florida State team. No other Tar Heel had over five, and that was Cormac Ryan. Harrison Ingram's ability, Joey, to get in there and fight with those big, long dudes. It, we'll talk about Cadeau. We'll talk about R.J. Davis. Yes, I think there were both tre tremendous reasons North Carolina won this game. But Harrison's, Harrison Ingram's ability, and I don't know if there's anything wrong health-wise with Baycott or whatever, but he carried – not only did he get carried 
get 17 rebounds. He carried Baycott in the paint as well in that area. Um, just a fabulous effort from that young man. He does it all for this North Carolina team. It doesn't have to be the center of attention. It is, it is something that makes this North Carolina team different, I think. I heard somebody or saw somebody say it earlier this year, and I can't remember who it was, so forgive me if this was you and, and I'm I'm failing to attribute things properly. He reminds me a lot of George Lynch um, in a sense that he's a stat stuffer. He's somewhat quiet, but he always seems happy. You know, George Lynch was was somewhat of a killer, um, but he always seemed like a good you know team guy, a good positive you know mental guy on the roster. Um, I had the chance to sit down with Ingram this week for about forty five minutes and just do a one on one interview with him that that our subscribers will see uh, see parts of at some point. But dude, he just it, it exudes from him how much he enjoys being in Chapel Hill. It just seeps out of him how much he enjoys being a part of this roster. And Tommy, to your point, I think it's just want to. I think Harrison Ingram just has, however you rate want to, I think he's got it in spades. And you see that with with his rebounding numbers. It was great to see him uh, hit some some perimeter shots early on in the game today. Um, was a little worried uh, when Adam Smith, you know, our guy reported that he had a, a bandage on his wrist again. Uh, but it didn't seem to bother him. And when he comes out and puts the stats up like he did, it's just it's it's absolutely amazing, and yeah, he's taking some of uh he's taking some of Armando's rebounds for sure, but when Armando's not putting numbers up, you need Ingram to do what he did, and he's done it uh, a couple of different times this year. It's just what an addition by Hubert Davis in the portal. I think it speaks as well to the team's fit because what Harrison does is he allows so many other players on the team to thrive in their own roles. I think a great example of that is with Harrison's rebounding. Tommy, you said it. he had 17 rebounds today, 10 defensive rebounds. Because UNC knows that Harrison is so strong on the glass, that frees up Armando Baycott, that frees up Jalen Washington to really focus on blocking shots and being rim protectors. They don't have to worry about, if I step up to block this shot, no one's going to be there behind me to grab the board. I think that's a huge example of one of the little things that Harrison Ingram does and just sort of the fit overall for this team. I think you can say the other, the same thing on the offensive end. He just does so many little things Harrison does. Uh, today, 13 points, uh, three of four from three-point range. That was all, all, every single one of those was needed at different points in the game. That shooting opens up the floor. Um, so I think that's just a great example of how UNC, the pieces fit together and the sum of the parts is greater than the individual pieces. Yeah, and... and- and folks that are watching these games on TV, and granted, that's how we all watch this today. Today, but I've seen that Florida State team up up close, and you cannot discount the length that these guys have, and that makes what we're going to talk about later in the show a little bit later even more impressive. But when you have a seven foot guy or a six eleven guy with a seven foot wingspan, and Ingram's what six seven, maybe six seven, yeah. And he's not what I would consider a guy that's uber long. For him to get in there, he uses his body. He does it the old school way, quote unquote, which, you know, we're old, so I love that. But he gets in there, he gets position, and he goes and gets it. If I only had one little bone to pick there, there was a couple times that he and he and Baycott both were battling for the same rebound. They just need they've, to talk. They've done it they a couple to, times this year. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you, you lose the ball to uh, – to Florida State for an easy basket. But Ingram's ability to get in there and be the dog for this team. I'm going to hit all the bingo card words tonight, folks. Um, 
glue guy, dog, chemistry. Nose for the ball. Nose for the ball. <laughs> Greedy. I, I mean, his ability to do that dirty work, to John's point, frees everybody else up. And and something that I thought was truly impressive tonight is we've talked about Elliot Cadeau. And we're talking the post game here with Inside Carolina, 75-68. Carolina goes to 9-0 and in the conference with Georgia Tech on Tuesday night. Elliot Cadeau's ability to get into the lane and finish, I said it I think last week or something, I tweeted it. He goes straight at guys. There's none of this dipsy-doo stuff that ends up getting you on your back with no foul call. He goes straight into it, and his ability to sort of go that half step. Joey, that was nasty watching him get into the lane against guys that are nearly a foot taller than him and, and convert. And R.J. does it as well, but Cadeau is a freshman, and yeah. he's finding his way. He's he said, "I've got to work on my shot," but good gracious, man! I, I think <laughs> I truly think that was one thing that Leonard Hamilton and that Florida State team were not prepared for. Couldn't stop. Um, well, yeah. if you think about it, he didn't see the same thing from Cadeau. Cadeau would ju- had just started his first game, I think, the first time UNC played Florida State in the Smith Center. Um, I noticed it, I want to say, in parts of maybe the UConn game uh, where Cadeau started getting to the rim with regularity and he was, you know, he's getting to where he's able to finish through contact. But I've said it now for the past three weeks that he can absolutely get to the rim whenever he wants. Like, he's played against guys that are smaller, faster, longer, taller, whatever you want to call it, today against Florida State's you know, everybody on the roster is six seven. They all have a seven foot wingspan. He put on a clinic from the top of the key, getting the ball to the rim the way he wanted to get the ball to the rim. And like you said, Tommy, he's going into guys' chest. Um, he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of ability to finish through contact. Similar similar to to what I think folks will remember about Raymond Felton. Um, but I think it's just starting to click for Cadeau. And I think the staff, Marcus Page and Hubert Davis, are both starting to tell him, hey, we know you're a pass first point guard. We know you're a guy that is incredibly unselfish in your DNA as a human, also as a player. I think they're starting to get him now to understand, oh, yeah, you're a bucket if you want it. And it's so fun to watch. Yeah, and for me, the stat that stood out specifically for Cadeau was the nine free throw attempts. I think that's the next step for him. Uh, Joey, as you said, now he's starting to be able to drive. If he can drive and then get to the free throw line, I think that opens up so much for his game. We have to keep in mind as well, this is a player in Cadeau who, you know, honestly doesn't have much of a threat of a jump shot. So he's taking all these guys on without that threat. So he really is beating them off the dribble and with his speed. I had a stat as well to kind of support this conversation about Cadeau. Um, I was curious because his stat line kind of stood out to me at least 14 points, at least six assists, and at least nine free throw attempts for a Tar Heel player since the 2010-2011 season, which is the the CBB Sports Reference database. Only six Tar Heels have done that, and that's the stat line that uh, Cadeau put up today. Theo Pinson did it twice. Caleb Love did it twice. Marcus Page and RJ Davis each did it once. That's a really good company to be in if you're Elliot Cadeau as a freshman. And I think that speaks to just his growth throughout the season. I'll even go out on a limb and, and say he was the second best player for this team today behind RJ Davis. And considering where he started 
this season in terms of his minutes and his play, that's tremendous growth for the freshman guard. And I'll follow up with something, John. I love that you brought that stat out. One of the things that's been nice about Seth Trimble's maturation demanding that he get playing time is you can have Cadeau do what he did today and not play 30 minutes. He had 28 minutes of game time. And again, that's because Seth Trimble has mandated that, okay, I'm going to get some PT too because of how well I'm able to trigger our offense by my on-ball defense. And R.J. Davis is going to get his. So Hubert Davis has done a great job of finding those three guys. But now by having Seth Trimble's uh, kind of improvement from last year, now Cadeau can do what he wants and not have to play 30, 35 minutes a game. Yeah, and I think the point about not having a jump shot and still being able to get to the rim is a big deal. I mean, you look at R.J. Davis's game, and granted, you know, one's a freshman, one's a senior, but R.J. has all the tools in his bag. He, he can shoot over you. He can short game you. He can get to the rim. Cadeau's basically got, I'm going to get to the rim. And somebody in the chat said it. I'm going to get to the rim by going right. And you still can't stop it. And Florida State did a better job of that in the second half. Um, I think one of those shots got blocked and a couple other misses. But the fact of the matter is Cadeau's ability to, to change speeds, it's not about – and this is something that, that folks that watch sports say, well, he can fly. It's not that you can fly. It's kind of like the Josh Downs effect in football, right? I can go from 0 to 60 to 30 to 60 to 100, and you're still trying to get – figure out what I'm doing and Cadeau's ability on the basketball court the way he can stutter step the way he can just flat out go or he can pull up is just is making his life so much easier making North Carolina's offense so much better we're talking North Carolina post game folks in the chat shout out 665 we're pushing for seven or 800 I know Saturdays are tough there's a lot of people doing a lot and it's just Joey John and myself. So I, I mean, you know, they're I, show, they're showing up for the B squad, Tommy. You got to give them extra praise for this. You know, this if, there, yeah, if there's some people that peeked in the door and said, "Oh, just those guys," I understand. Right, yeah. We got a we got a guest preacher today. I'm not staying for church. He <laughs> went to the early school, but you're not staying for the late. But we appreciate everybody coming in here. It's always fun. It's almost like we're uh, uh, reliving the I see live days on Saturday morning. So a fun time to do it. Carolina seventy five sixty eight. Uh, way out in front in the ACC with Georgia Tech on Tuesday and then a big one, some rivalry game they always talk about on Saturday. Apparently uh, it always delivers, Tommy. I don't I don't know, but I've heard that it always delivers. Well, I've heard it over and over, but to be honest, <laughs> it, it's right, right? It, it's, he ain't lying. For the most part, it is actually right. Let, let's break down this a little bit more. And, John, somebody said John has the receipts. You always bring the bag, man. And John's the bag man, and that's why I miss him some nights on, on the beat because he's always got the stats. He's always got, like, I could just spout off the top of my head, and, and then John comes in with the facts that either make me look stupid or to make it look great. And so, but before we get too deep into it, I do want to talk about RJ because RJ, we're kind of just, he's at the point, Joey, where RJ is just like, yeah, he went for 20. He went for 24. You know, but let's talk about all these other guys. R.J. Davis, it's January, and I don't like the player of the year talk and all that kind of stuff. Um, but performance-wise, they threw the stat up again on the screen, his progression in points for a game. And it's not just a scoring. We knew when he was in high school he could score. It's ability to manage the game, to manage to know when to shoot and when not to shoot, 
the when to drive and not. Joey, just sort of speak to what you've seen from the young man, the growth in that area. Because, again, he's not 100%, 100 miles per hour all the time either. Um, but he's tough. He'll get in there and rebound. And he'll do what's necessary for this team yeah. to keep it going. And then, of course, you fouled me at the end of the game, and you missed one late. But he you did fouled miss me one. At the end, you fouled yeah. me at the end of the game, and I'm going to hit free throws, and the game's going to be over. RJ, for all the talk about everybody else, it's RJ's team. I'll, I'll say this, and, and I, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm being too old by saying this, Tommy. I wish Roy Williams could have coached RJ Davis this year, just so we could all hear how many times he'd said "tough little nut" in a post game. Because my God, it whatever whatever the over under is, take the over, uh, hammer the over. Um, it's it's crazy because Davis has, I think, and this isn't about Caleb Love as much as I think it is about recognizing where he fits with the rest of the team around him. I think RJ now understands when he can take over and how to take over. Um, yeah, you, know, you look at at when he's diving on when he's diving on the floor. Uh, and, and when he knows to to call timeouts, when he knows to slow things down, I hated seeing him slow the ball down after that two uh, the timeout with two forty two left. I hated that. But also from then point on, from that point on, Florida State didn't have another field goal. So again, I'll, I'll defer to the coaching staff there. But RJ's ability just to provide this sense of calm with the ball in his hand, even when he's running the clock down and trying to get a shot for himself you don't feel like it's as rushed, even if it is. Does that make sense? Like, you, you feel just a lot more under control while you're watching him uh, than maybe you have even in his past seasons or, you know, when there were other players trying to do that. It's just that's an absolutely priceless uh, trait or priceless arrow that Hubert Davis can pull out of his quiver late in the game. Yeah, and I mean, and, and you know he's gonna he's gonna come through, and it's almost he he's at the point in his career and season that when he doesn't come through, everybody's wondering what happened, you know, and, and he does it again tonight. Twenty four, I'm um, only two for eight from three, but four for five late, and and you mentioned his, uh, we've mentioned his rebounding, the four turnovers. It's tough when Florida State's got the length that they have, but RJ comes up big later. Let me talk a couple seconds about our sponsors. I mentioned them early, Johnny T-Shirt, and, of course, johnnytshirt.com. you got to go see them. you got to be a premium member. If, if 720 people in this chat right now are Inside Carolina premium members, that's a lot of Johnny T-Shirt sales, and that's a lot of 10% off that you get at Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street or online at johnnytshirt.com. Next weekend, if you're in Chapel Hill, hit them up. Tell them you're with Inside Carolina and you want that discount. They'll hook you up with some great customer service. Also, Congruity. And Congruity HR, they're your small to mid-sized business owners can take advantage of that Inside Carolina connection. Get a free assessment. See if there's anything they can do to help you with their customer service. They're great technology. Darren and Matt, wonderful, wonderful, and want to help you grow your business to the next level. John Bowman, get in here as we talk about North Carolina's 75-68 win. What was the line to was the line six and a half or eight? It was. It, it started eight this week. It had gotten down to six this morning and closed at about six and a half. So Armando Baycott pulling that last run out back and not going up could have could have meant some things to some people. I'm I'm not sure. Just saying. Well, it was seventy five sixty eight. So that's seven. But it depends on where you got in. But yeah, where you I, got it. I thought that was interesting going in. 
if I'd have known you were wearing Wu Tang too, I'd have brought mine out too. I've got I've got one. That would have been classic if we'd have both shown up with Wu shirts. Go ahead, John Bowman. Tommy, I know UNC is nine and zero in the ACC. They're on a ten game win streak. So right off the bat, you have to acknowledge that this is perhaps nitpicking, but we need to talk about Armando Baycott. First of all, before I get into his offense, I want to make sure I say I think his defense has been sensational the last few games today. Moving feet on switches, he was excellent. His rim protection, as I already talked about, was sensational. Um, you know, we talk about his his rebounding, so he brings that uh, to the table. But in the second half, uh, Armando Baycat, zero points, just one field goal attempt, did not attempt a free throw, only had three rebounds, and he played 17 minutes, so he was on the court plenty. So it is interesting because you think as UNC is kind of going into the late stages of the game, I think, Tommy, you might have tweeted this as well, so I don't want to steal your thought, but you think that in the closing stages of the game, you want to get the ball into the post, let Armando, who's much improved as a free throw shooter, get to the line um, and run the offense a little bit through him. But on the other hand, I mean, you can't argue with the success. Armando has admitted that he's taken a little bit of a step back this year in terms of uh, his role, allowing RJ to kind of run the offense. So if, uh, you know, Armando attempts one field goal in the second half and UNC wins, I don't think anybody's going to be complaining. I do think as the season goes on, there are going to be games where UNC is going to need Armando to step up. And I think he still has that in his bag. Um, so all the nuance, all the caveats there, UNC won, so you can't complain too much. But I think it's worth pointing out just one field goal attempt for Armando in the second half. Yeah, and if we were talking about that any time over his first four years, we'd been talking about Carolina losing mm -hmm. because they shot 25% from three and they shot 30 of them or 40 of them. And, and that's the difference in this season, to your point, John. And, and Joey, I want you to get in here on this thought. The only beef I have with Armando in this game is allowing that ball to bounce in front of him, that loose ball bounce in front of him, and he doesn't go get. That tells me a couple things. One, something's off. Um, for him not to get that whatever it is whether it's an injury of some sort or, or just not there mentally but that's what I really meant when I tweeted he needed to lock in not take shots because I think against Florida State I mean he hasn't had great games against Florida State uh, I mean and when the guys are as long as they are that's going to be a trouble game for a below the rim player anyway that relies on on post game um those type plays, the defense, you're right. The defense, the stepping up, the blocking the shots. And one other thing is not getting caught up in the chirping. Mm -hmm. When, I don't know, did they have three greens out there? They, the, the, the green that was running his mouth to not get into that chirping was yeah. very big for this team. Because this game could have gone sideways in a hurry um, if you get caught up in that. And so I thought that was – as big as anything in this game, is just to not not do it. There's one way you shut people up that talk in 2024. Now, this is the 80s. You know how that kid gets shut up. But these days, you have to just shut them up by beating them. And Baycott was able to do that. Uh, but he, he definitely struggled tonight in more ways than just not getting his points. What do you think, Joey? Yeah, um, I do want to get some folks to pump the brakes about him not having a post game or anything like that. Like that's that's a little, yeah. It, he had a bad game today statistically, and, and to Tommy's point about you know loose loose ball type stuff, 
Yeah, that's where it's probably a good watermark, and you wonder is is something nagging him or not. I do think I saw him playing with a uh, a hard brace on his right foot. I don't know if that's new or not, um, but I I do think I saw that. But yeah, he he's the same player that you know earlier this year was you know had almost thirty and and fourteen rebounds or whatever. And Tom, you make a great point. I think some of the folks in the chat have acknowledged this too. He's always seemed to struggle against teams that had a lot more length, um, but. Part of it is also what what John has said, where I think he's recognizing he can defer. And I think that, you know, when it gets to tournament time, it's not like he's he's going to forget how to score. If the team starts working through him again, I think he'll be fine. I think what you're seeing right now is is just Hubert Davis has realized that there's nobody in this league that can guard the combination of guards or perimeter players that he has, whether it's Cadeau and Davis, whether it's, you know, okay, you shut down Cadeau and Davis, well, one of either Ingram or, or Ryan's going to kill you. Um, and yeah, I do think there's something to to Harrison Ingram getting some of his rebounds, but yeah, the, the loose ball bouncing in front of him in the second half was, was a little bit of a head scratcher. I just go back to how absolutely, you know, beautiful was it to see this North Carolina team overcome that. And they've done it twice now. Cause I, I think he had a pretty low stat game earlier this week against wake. And we're still talking about a North Carolina win and holding the other team to 70 points. Um, it's it, it, another thing I will say for all the jokes about Armando being on campus for, you know, for 17 years or whatever, that was a, um, that was a veteran foul that he gave to, uh, to the younger man bun green, uh, early in the second half after the chirping. Um, I, I don't know that that was, uh, that that was caught by everybody, but what I saw was, was a, a, a grown elder statesman saying, okay, we'll put a little extra in this foul right here, just cause you know, I'm here. Um, and you know what a nice what a nice thing to be discussing after a win is that you know your preseason All American uh, had a rather quiet afternoon. Indeed, can't we be remiss if we didn't mention Cormac Ryan hit a couple mm-hmm. of solid threes to start the second half. Um, we've talked about Cadeau, we've talked about Davis, Baker, Ingram. You know, Seth Trimble's game to your point earlier, he's earned these minutes. Um, I think that layup that he missed really affected him. Uh, Mentally, the rest of the game, he goes 0 for, 4, 0 for 3, but he did make some free throws. Wojcik with a big with a big basket. Jalen Washington um, sticking one on one of the Florida State guys because if he doesn't dunk that, that is a block off the backboard. That's in the third row. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, and I think that's a big play. And then Jalen Withers, you know, he had a little bit of foul trouble. But this North Carolina team, I talk about chemistry, and Hubert phrases it in terms they like each other and they like playing for each other. Um, I think that's the difference here when we talk about North Carolina teams of the recent past is that this is th- there is no I in team on this team. And this I think this team really embodies it. And that's how you go to Florida State. And you get beat in the stats. Um, and, and you still come out with a win. And you turn it over 17 times. And you let them get rolling. And you let them talk. And, but yet you still figure out a way to win. John Bowman, you threw a poll in the chat. Tell us what it says. That's right. We have over 800 people watching live. So if you're watching live, you can vote in the poll. Who is the MVP of the game today? 38% of you say RJ Davis. So check that out. We appreciate everyone watching. Tommy, where are we uh, headed next after UNC's big win today? Well, I think we've uh, got a ton of content on Inside Carolina coming up, of course. you got Coast to Coast, record Sunday, drop Monday morning. You've got uh, Joel Berry and Bill and Taylor Viplis will drop it. Your show with Justin Jackson will come a little later in the week. 
And we'll have a post game with Georgia Tech. I think that game's at seven. Correct me. It's at seven, right? I think it's at seven. I just, can I give a shout out to producer John? This is the first yeah. time I've, I think I've been on a show with him in like two years, but do it. Uh, love what you and, and, and Double J are doing, man. I think he's, uh, he's really come out of his shell and I know he, he attributes a lot of that to you working with him. So I want to make sure uh, producer John gets his, his flowers for, for that show. Cause I think it's, it's turned into a really good listen. I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. We yeah, had yeah. a great guest this week with Bryce Johnson. So that was really fun. Timely, um, timely. That's right. It was, uh, you know, a big one, you know, a lot of memory. We talked about a lot of those memories from that big game that he had. I want to make sure I get this stat in, Tommy. I saw this from the UNC game notes. This was updated uh, after the game today. UNC has held its last 10 opponents to 70 points or fewer. This is the first time that UNC has held 10 consecutive teams to 70 points or fewer since the 2006-2007 season. They also did it in 10 games that season. So again, a lot of records with this team, a lot of accolades. I think that stat stands out uh, for the defensive prowess of this team. Yeah, I mean, and that's want to. And that's mm-hmm. trusting trusting the guy beside you. Trusting, I forget who said it on one of these shows, or maybe I've heard it repeatedly, but I, I know I can handle my job because I know you've got your job. And that makes it so much easier when you're watching these guys play. They understand where everybody's going to put their – I want to piggyback on Joey and Justin's show. They had Bryce Johnson last week. Uh, Bryce put up 39 and 23 on Florida State down there. And to Bryce's point, they they never threw him the ball to do it. You know, he had to do it all on his own. The ultimate garbage man for North Carolina that can go for 39 and 23. A great show there with Justin Jackson, John Bowman, captain in the ship. I love what you do with the graphics and all that good stuff. It is fancy. Uh, shout out to the 780. We hit the 800 mark Saturday night. Everybody wants to get out, do their own thing. When you're doing your own thing, be safe. Think about Inside Carolina's comment, commentary and content coming up from Tallahassee and also through the week. That's Joey Powell. I'm Tommy Ashley. The man, though, producer John Bowman in the center there with, with the soccer flag and all that stuff. He is the man. He runs the ship. Appreciate everybody taking out and join uh, premium if you're not, and support Johnny T-shirt. Questions in the chat. Real quick, I'll go through them. Can we keep up level of defense all season? I don't see why not. They've done mm-hmm. it for this long. Steve Williams. I mean, we're, we're, we're 10 games in now. I think you. I think they've proven it travels, right, Tommy? <laughs> yeah. Jamie Juice Newton, that RJ step through was ugly. Yes, it was. Crashing the boards and limiting fast break points. That's doing your job and mm-hmm. everybody knowing where to be on the court. Communication as well, for sure. They're great yeah. communicators. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody says, why don't you follow your shot? Well, my job might have been to get back, and, mm-hmm. and that's one of those things. Baycott, Jay Wash together. I don't know how much we're going to see of that, especially when you've got driving guards like Cadeau and RJ on there. Steve those, Williams. Tommy, hang on a second. Those two, Armando and Washington, actually have a, a decent um, – plus minus in a small sample size this year. I don't know if that's changed in the last two weeks because, or in the last two games uh, because neither one have been great the last two games. But, yeah, it's uh, at one point they had a really good plus minus, which is was weird to see knowing what we see on the court. Yeah, and I agree that it's a good thing in certain matchups. And that's one thing i got to give props to Hubert Davis for is the ability to adjust based on the matchups. It's, yeah. not, a, it's not a we're going to do what North Carolina wants to do 
and you have to stop us. It's we're going to do what we know we can do against a particular team. And that's and, a very NBA mindset, which is something he talked about. Yeah, you know, I remember you and I uh, and whoever else was on that big roundtable when he was hired, he said he wanted to try to incorporate some more NBA-type things into North Carolina's offensive arsenal. And that, what you're talking about right there, Tommy, is absolutely an NBA mindset of just, you know, you, you take what we're going to do based on what the defense is, is, is showing. Yep, and if you've got seven-foot guys that are going to guard my guards, I'm going to clear out the paint and I'm going to drive them all night. And You saw that happen tonight. And then Steve Williams, this can be an actual – Stat for you, John. It's homework. Steve Williams says, I'd love to see a stat on how many times Baycott actually touched the ball on either end of the floor against Florida State. That'd be an interesting one to check out. It's way above my knowledge, ability, and pay grade. We'll let it ride for John Bowman if that's something we can do. We're getting out of here, folks. Carolina wins 75-68, goes to 9-0 in the conference. Georgia Tech, 7 o'clock on Tuesday night. Stay tuned for inside, post game, inside Carolina post game there. Joey, John, I'm Tommy. Appreciate everybody joining us. Be safe. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts